This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We had a conversation on the Mully and Haas show on Friday morning about how Mully asked, uh, convinced him that the Bears did not have the worst defensive line in the NFL. It, it was a hard argument to make, Dan, because when you look at who they've added, Andre Hastings, Demarcus Walker, and now Rasheem Green, these are guys that would qualify under the category of pedestrian defensive linemen. Veterans, yes, accomplished maybe, but to me, that glaring need has not been fully addressed i wonder how that uh, question will be answered after the draft but as we sit here right now how do how can you tell me the bears front four is any different or better than it was last year i can't and again we're we're, we're stuck here and we, you know look like they've got one more opportunity here through the draft and then whatever they do in that little uh, undrafted free agency slash street free agent wave that follows the draft they have things that they need to shore up and they're not going to get it all done. And I think everyone is a little bit disappointed that in an off season where you had all this salary cap space that we talked about forever, that they was going to give them an opportunity to go do just about whatever they wanted in free agency, right? Like that was kind of the, the talking point. Well, they didn't do just about whatever they wanted. They missed out on a bunch of defensive tackles. They weren't necessarily heavily involved in the edge rusher market in free agency. And now you just have to draft well. You have to draft well this year. You have to draft well next year. You have to draft well in 2025. And when you zoom out, like we like to do here, you just notice how far away they are from being a team that is so full of talent and difference-making talent that they can make legitimate runs at at multiple champions over, over a four- or five-year run. They're nowhere near that right now. And so you, you understand why Ryan Poles feels the pressure to assemble a, a really, really solid and reliable and hopefully talentful draft class three weeks from now. So Rasheem Green represented the news the Bears did make this week. I found it interesting that you wrote about the news they didn't make this offseason. Again, not to necessarily push your reporting, but it was a very interesting story that you had on ChicagoTribune.com about the pursuit of certain defensive linemen in free agency and whether it was Javon Hargrave or, or Draymond Jones uh, with the Seahawks, how the Bears were in it to a point. They were kind of maybe sort of interested in, in spending their money on on their biggest needs or one of the biggest two needs, yet they fell short in being able to attract those. And one of the most interesting nuggets that you reported, Dan, was that inside Hallows Hall, there was a sense of deflation when they found out that the 49ers had signed Hargrave to the contract that they signed him to, which represented, even though he's 30, <laughs> that was a sizable investment. And the reaction in Hallows struck me as telling because they realized what we have been talking about. They need defensive linemen who will make an impact. Well, I thought it was really interesting to hear from Hargrave himself, who uh, obviously was blown away by the deal he got from the 49ers. They see him as a piece that can push them over the top and make them the team that's winning the NFC and, and potentially the Super Bowl. Uh, and so, he, you know, he said, look, like when you go into free agency, there's there's some, some anxiety because you you think that in order to get paid the way you des- you think you deserve to get paid, sometimes you got to go join a, a, a team that's not 
built to contend. Well, he goes and joins the team that played for the NFC Championship last season and has been in the mix here for the last few years. And so he was ecstatic to have not only the opportunity to win, but the opportunity to cash in the way he did. And the Bears uh, just couldn't compete in that regard. Um, Draymond Jones, another guy that, that like they like certain things about his game, but weren't fully certain that he is strong enough that that maybe he's more of a finesse defensive tackle and a guy that doesn't always win with second and third moves and so then that affects your valuation you do your evaluation and then you set a valuation and so when it gets past a certain point you have to have look we went into free agency saying that ryan was going to be driven by patience and discipline this was an example where he had to push himself away from that that auction and say you know best of luck and congrats to the seahawks for getting him and and this is where it gets hard and this is where i have to be very Um, honest with myself and look in the mirror and make sure that I'm not being hypocritical because you can't tell people for years as I do that it's a flea market, that it's a garage sale, that free agency doesn't always get you what you think it's getting you and then bash a team for being like, well, I don't know if that's going to get us what what, what we think it's going to get us, right? Like this takes a couple years to see how these investments that other teams make pan out. More often than not in free agency, the big money investments don't turn out to be um, the, you know, the, the, the bullseye. They, they don't hit the sweet spot. And so um, we can be disappointed, but I think we also have to understand what is driving Ryan and how wedded he is to the philosophy of, of not being panic stricken. And not being like, hey, I got a ton of money to spend, so I may as well spend it. Again, you know, like this is an episode that we can pull up in April of 2025 and go, how did it turn out? How did Draymond Jones do? How did Javon Hargrave do? How did those contracts turn out if those guys are getting cut and signing somewhere else? And, and so, it's, I, like, I just want to make sure that I don't, I don't say the Bears whiffed on everything. They whiffed on everything after saying, like, don't expect them to hit on everything because they have to be patient and disciplined in order to stay the course on a long, hard journey that they're on right now. Well, that's a very reasonable response, and I appreciate your rationale there. <laughs> but um, I have to repeat what I said on the air this morning, on Friday morning, was that I get all of that. I just felt like the Bears went into this offseason armed with cap space and and reputed to be the, the team that's going to control the offseason. And I think that right now they have shown me that they're going to be the most fiscally responsible 7-10 and 10 team in the league because – they are seven wins. That's a huge jump. <laughs> well, I yeah, I, I guess, I guess. But you get my point is that if you want to swing big, then don't check swing. And this feels like a check swing on a, a, for a fastball that's down the middle, and, and you you really need to connect here. And the, right now, as we've been talking about, the defensive line remains one of the worst in football. And so, if you do have a glaring need like that, and you do have the money to spend, I'm more forgiving, I think, if I am evaluating whether or not they overpaid or overspent or got a little drunk with the the, the money that they – the cash that they have on hand because they need to, and sometimes you need to take those chances. You don't always need to take them, and it's a fascinating discussion because this is where I've been kind of um, – stuck on this conversation for months now because I, I like the bears aren't in a position to go for it right now. I, I said, going into free agency, they're not in splurge and surge mode where you, where you make some big spent expenditures. And now all of a sudden you're a championship contender. They're so far from that, that I think Ryan's patient and disciplined approach is the right one to take here. The problem is, is that we have a collection of um, followers of the bears and fans of the bears that, that thought this was the time to just make this, this giant springboard leap that the, the, the draft capital and the free agent capital was going to propel them into this mix of uh, being a top, 
10 to, to 14 team in the league, they're not there right now. And so what's going to be fascinating to me is if they go six and 11, if they go on your optim- through your optimistic lens, seven and 10 in 2023, what is the reaction going to be here? How much patience that was afforded to the bears in 2022 is going to be obliterated in 2023. And how will that then affect how Ryan feels like he's doing about his job? Because you know that that noise can get really loud and it can create pressure and it can create pressure that creates decisions that you don't necessarily want to make. And so that's why we're in this fascinating time following the Chicago bears, because it's complicated and the quick fixes don't exist. And if you get eager to chase the quick fixes, all of a sudden you, you sometimes put yourself in positions that are, uh, you know, two steps back to take one step forward. It depends how you get there. If you're seven and 10, it depends how you get there. If you're five and 12, it depends on how you play and what you show. I guess what I'm asking too, is that if you are going to go out and you're going to really heavily invest in two linebackers, then you stop short and you get a little bit uh, fiscally responsible uh, in the approach to defensive tackles. I wonder if you're buying the accessories, but not, you can't afford the suit. That's or, fair. You know, I think one goes with the other. So if I, like David, I think that's a really fair point. And one of the things that has worried me about this is Matt Eberflus's attraction to linebackers. He was a linebackers coach. He played linebacker, and they obviously felt like Tremaine Edmonds was going to be the guy that was um, the engine of this defense with the way they paid him and invested in him. I think you and I both agree that you know cut some money off of that contract, pay that extra money to a Draymond Jones or a Javon Hargrave or even a Dalvin Tomlinson or a David Onyemata and get your front short up first and then figure out if Jack Sanborn can play at a high level as an undrafted guy out of Wisconsin, you know, you can find somebody to go play that position, right? That, that, that's, that's a little cheaper and that can give you um, some impact. And so th- like, I think that part of the discussion is, is entirely valid uh, and it's worth keeping under the, the microscope for as long as this discussion goes on. 